So hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell, and today I'm speaking with Almira Ariel Hilaire on Walk-Ins and the Ascension Process. Now, Almira set up the Center of Love and Enlightenment as a vehicle to support the Ascension Process and to bring the frequencies of unity consciousness to many people. She is the author of a manual for Walk-Ins, and she lives with her son and partner in Surrey, and her website is centeroflovenenlightenment.net, and a link will be going out with this podcast. Hi, Almira. Hi, Steve. So this is a really fascinating subject, uh, one that I know we've talked about a lot privately, but just for the general um, public, what, what is a walk-in? Well, it's a very unusual event where basically a person uh, gets a new soul. And the reason for that is because the, the soul who was there at birth is finished its contract. It's complete with what it had to do. Mm. And so the, the birth soul leaves the body and usually when the soul leaves the body, the body dies. But in this case, the body doesn't die. And at the same moment as the soul leaves the body, another soul comes in. And that's what's called a walk-in. And this new soul comes in and takes the space and continues the life. This is an in- integral part of the ascension process, isn't it? It's not. It doesn't happen to anyone. No, it's quite rare. Although I get a lot of them as my clients, obviously. But in the general population, it's pretty rare. And the reason why walk-ins are happening more and more now is that the walk-in soul is usually a very, very high-frequency soul who could not otherwise incarnate because there aren't women who are of a high enough frequency to handle uh, carrying such a high-frequency soul in their belly, in their womb. So the only way that they can incarnate is by swapping places with another soul, which is called a walk-in. And this is no invasion of the body snatchers, by the way. <laughs> a walk-in is always organized and pre-or- preordained, and it's, it's a contract between the first soul and the walk-in soul. So, in a sense, the, the, the soul that's walking out has already kind of planned at a certain point to do that? Indeed, yeah. And what kind of uh, situation does this normally arise in? Is, does it arise in kind of near-death experiences or high trauma experiences? Well, very often... A walk-in will happen or will take place when there's a, a disruption of the personality because it's much easier for the personality, it's much easier, sorry, for the new soul to come in when the personality is disrupted. Mm. And things that, that disrupt the personality are accidents, uh, emotional traumas like a divorce or a loss. Uh, in, in fact, they, they can happen during near-death experience. But they can also happen without any trauma at all in a kind of a conscious way, like during meditation or during sleep. I've had people who've walked in during operations. So, for example, they wake up after the operation, they go, oh, oh, where am I? (laughs) That seems a nice way of doing it, really. Yes, it's not too bad that way. Is the majority more the, the former kind, the kind of accidents and trauma and disruption of the personality? Yes, I'd say about 95% are like that. Right. And people listening to this, I guess the first thing they're wondering is, am I a walk-in? How would they know? What are the signs and symptoms? Well, there are at least 20 or 30 signs or symptoms, but I'll talk about the major ones. Uh, One of the main ones is that as a result of the new soul coming in, your personality changes quite drastically. And that makes sense because it's it's the soul that molds the personality. So that means that your personal preferences will change overnight so it's not a gradual process it'll be like suddenly it's changed Mm. so for example you may have loved the color yellow and you had loads of yellow in your wardrobe and suddenly you just can't stand it (laughs) or maybe you love mushrooms and then the next day you can't stand mushrooms (laughs) what if you're married and you find out this is not the partner i think i want to be with does that happen as well 
Yes, that's unfortunately one of the things that happen because when you have a walk-in, the, the new soul doesn't have contracts with the people that the previous soul had contracts with. So often it results in relationships breaking up. And what are some of the other major signs and symptoms, Almira? Well, you can have a lot of depression after um, a walk-in, and the reason for that is because the body consciousness of the body, the keepers, the body consciousness, they don't have a program for a walk-in. Mm. So as far as they're concerned, when the, the previous soul leaves, it's like death. So there's this feeling of dying, and uh, it can make you feel like you're depressed, but it's not, it's not real depression. Then you can also have allergies and autoimmune type symptoms, so like uh, food allergies and you know aches and pains and stuff like that. And it's a similar situation. It's basically because the body consciousness is rejecting the new soul, so that will give you autoimmune symptoms. Is there an increase in sensitivity, for example? Oh yeah, usually there's a huge, huge increase in sensitivity, and the reason for that is because the new soul is usually a much higher frequency than the previous soul and uh, tends to be much more sensitive in all ways, energetically, emotionally, spiritually. So on the other side of all of all of this, I guess there's a point to something awakening or activating in the in the new soul, in the body, is that right? Yeah, so that's the whole point. The whole point of a walk-in is to uh, bring in consciousness onto planet Earth. The person who's had a walk-in usually goes through an intense process of awakening and clearing the body and you know, becoming more and more conscious. And what kind of gifts in, in your clients tend to open up? All different types. Very often they have a lot of spiritual gifts. So qualities as, um, as a healer, as a channel. Um, some of them will be able to uh, read people's auras or draw their auras. Yeah. You know, lots of spiritual things like that. Uh, some of them are natural teachers, natural healers. Now I know, Almira, uh, that you are a walk-in and that you had a an unusual one back in the late 90s, I think. Could you just say something about your experience of this process? Well, I had one of the non-traumatic type walk-ins, and I had a conscious walk-in, hmm. which is the rare type. Hmm. And before the walk-in, I had lots of strange symptoms of psychic opening and going into spontaneous bliss and uh, losing time. Like I, you know, it felt like two minutes had elapsed, and I'd lost three hours. And I was also hearing walking in my ear, which at the time I didn't understand. I didn't know what a walking was. Um, and then when the actual walking happened, I was having a session, and I experienced my whole body going very warm and fuzzy, and then all the energy detached from the extremities and all centered into the central column, you know, the line where the chakras is. And then the energy shot at my head, and then immediately, well, the soul that I am came in into the central channel and then tried to expand into the body. And then afterwards, I had uh, many, many years trying to integrate because the frequency of the new soul was quite different to the frequency of the previous one. So it created some challenges. So what were those challenges? I guess uh, the challenges you faced were typical of a lot of people's challenges. What typically happens when a new soul comes in? What, what are the challenges? Well, it's very much like a spiritual emergency. So you can have a lot of symptoms of, um, you know, lots of emotions and old memories and traumas that are stored at the cellular level who are all wanting to release at the same time. So, you know, you have lots of stuff coming up all the time and you can't see very clearly, you can't function very well either, and it's all happening very, very quickly. It's like uh, an intense spiritual awakening process. A lot of body symptoms, a lot of aches and burning sensations in different parts of the body, a lot of kundalini awakening, immense sensitivity. And then I had some weird symptoms. For example, my body grew in my 30s. So I had, um, I had 
pains in my in my bones, and I was wondering what is that? It feels like growing pains. Mm. And then a few months later, I measured myself, and I was four centimeters taller, which is like two inches. Right. So the body can actually physically change. Some walk-ins' eyes change color. A lot of walk-ins, uh, you know, have massive bodily changes. And over the years, of course, that doesn't happen overnight. The body changes because the DNA gets affected by the new soul, and that takes time to actually manifest into the physicality. But a few years down the road, you can look completely different. How long did it take you really to kind of stabilize? Um, in my case, it took quite a long time. The best part of 15 years. 15 years. Is that um, long f- uh, compared to some of your clients? Well, there's all different ranges. You know, some people have very gentle walk-ins, very smooth integration, and within two or three years, absolutely everything's fine. And some people have 30, 35 years integration. It varies enormously. No, I know I, I came to a workshop uh, for wins you ran a year or so ago, and I remember there was a number of people in the room, and there was one kind of group of people that were kind of always crying, and I think you said to me, these are the new, the new ones. So they were the ones kind of not coping very well, emotionally very tearful. Is, is that fairly common? Yes, it is common, and, it, and it's for all the reasons that I've explained, because the, the new soul basically doesn't have any contract with the previous soul's life. So the relationships fall apart. Very often the work that you were involved before doesn't feel right anymore. So you go through this kind of chaos period until you find a new, you know, a new line of work that, that is appropriate. And then there's the whole emotional detox process that I was talking about. And also emotionally and mentally, it's a kind of a weird process and a weird concept. And it's not very much talked about, not not very well known. Um, so it can be a very confusing time. Mm. What is the impact on the person's life practically, their work, their relationships? I'm thinking mainly about the more traumatic ones. Well, as I said earlier on, a lot of people... Uh, change their relationships like they will divorce or they will change friends or whatever and if you don't do that it means that you need to renegotiate the relationships Hmm. so for example in my case i've had to renegotiate my relationships with my parents and my sister you know obviously because you can't just leave everybody behind Hmm. in terms of work a lot of walk-ins will completely change direction unless the first soul had already established a proper foundation for the new soul, there would usually be a major change in direction. And it's usually in the direction of doing some kind of spiritual work and being of service. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I know that in my case, uh, I, my life changed after my um, experience and I, 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 relationship, work, everything changed. Everything kind of uh, went upside down and, and uh, so I can vouch for that one for sure. But can I ask you, Almira, what do you mean by re- renegotiate your relationships? Does that mean sitting down and chatting to people? Well... I wouldn't say that because if you if you say to most people that you've had a walk and they'll probably think you're mad and lock you away. <laughs> yeah. I mean more in terms of getting your family to realise that, you know, in some way you have changed mm. and um, and maybe helping them to get to know, know the new you, spending time with them to realise that. So that's what I did, for example, with my sister. She's not uh, a person who's you know, who I could explain about a walk in with. She would be very confused about that. But um, I explained to her that I'd had some changes and that I felt quite different internally and that as a result of that I wanted to change my name and that's also the reason why I I needed to change direction in my work. So I put it in a way that she could understand but without trying to frighten her. Mm. And I made myself available if she wanted to ask any questions. In terms of direction, work and purpose, what drives and motivates people change? Does their values change? You know, like, for example, someone might be already spiritual, but they may have a complete shift within that spiritual spectrum. Does that happen? 
Yes, very often. Although, as far as I understand, spirituality is like a field. So it's more like it expands, the field expands. Um, but there may be a change in orientation. For example, um, my first soul was an angelic soul. So she was very connected to working with angelics and, you know, with the angelic realm. And this current soul is not an angelic. Mm. So I still have a few guides who are angelics. But it doesn't feel like the main um, power current for me anymore. Okay. Can you say something about the different types of souls that can come in to this earth plane? Yes, in terms of service souls, there are four main types. So I mentioned angelics. So angelic souls usually have quite challenged being on earth because the angelic realms are very pure and very, very high frequency. And they come on earth to, uh, to serve. So their, their main focus is always how can I be of service to humanity and how can I be of service to the divine? So they usually end up in service jobs like being a nurse or being a carer or being maybe a school teacher or something like that. Very often they have trouble grounding, so they have a tendency to put on weight, actually, to um, kind of ground themselves. And the other type of soul that's pretty common are what I would call light seeds, star seeds. Some people call them extraterrestrials. Basically, they're very high-frequency souls that come from other planetary systems and other star systems. That's why they're called star seeds. And um, they usually have a a specialty in some kind of technology. And because we're in the ascension process, it'll be some kind of ascension technology. They might be a a DNA specialist, or they might be very good at um, a special type of healing, or they might be very good at uh, creating a system for... uh, reading people's Akashic records, you know, something like that. They usually are very technical type people, um, and they often have very strong bodies also. And the next type are Davic souls. So all the different uh, elementals, like fairies and uh, gnomes and dryads, etc., they can all incarnate. So usually they're very good with, you know, being out in nature. For example, I remember visiting um, Glastonbury, you know that, that magical garden out there? Mm-hmm. Chalice Well. The Chalice Well, yeah. And there was a guy who was gardening there. And I, I took one look at him and he looked like an elf. <laughs> it's so obvious he was an incarnated elf. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. And then the last... Uh, also, there's another type of soul where, which are the, um, the Ascended Masters. So they'll be aligned with a particular master. So it could be um, you know one of the Indian Masters, or it could be maybe Sananda, or it could be... Um, and the Ascended Master types are uh, very much involved with with setting up mystery schools and um, how to divulge knowledge in the in the setting of a mystery school type thing. So you know, initiatic type pathway. Mm. And then the last type are the Elohim soul, and they're a new type that's been incarnating. The Elohim are basically the creator gods in the in the Kabbalistic system. So you can think of the Elohim as qualities of the divine. And the Elohim were the ones who actually created this whole reality. So that's why they're incarnating now, because they know how to decreate it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Amira, I know there's also help for walk-ins. It's not that they're just plopped here and that's it. They have to learn by hook or by crook to fend for themselves. There is something, I think, called a walk-in team. Could you say something about that? Well, every walk-in is managed by a specific group of beings, which are called the walk-in team. And they are specialists 
in walk-ins and we reside in the high dimensions, usually the fifth dimension, and every walk-in has their team, which is there with them 24-7, and they're there to assist in the walk-in process, assist in the integration process. And uh, I'm actually going to be doing a little video about how to connect with your walk-in team. Yeah, wonderful. So I know you offer a number of services for walk-ins. Could you say the kind of things you offer? So the integration of a walk-in can take a little bit of time. Uh, First of all, I offer the service of finding out if you've had a walk-in because it can be a little bit difficult to figure it out. Some people have lots of different symptoms which look like they're a walk-in, but actually they've not had a walk-in. So sometimes it's not easy to figure out. Um, So I offer that diagnostic service. And then I offer different sessions to help integrate, especially the light body work, because the light body work helps to uh, bring more of the higher self into the body. And then the other major aspect of integration, which is important for a walk-in, is to clear the body of all the emotional patterns and past life patterns and the ancestral patterns. So usually I recommend that walk-ins learn some kind of healing technique so that they can clear themselves. So obviously I teach Divine Healing Master Key, but there are lots of other techniques. I know that you've you've cleared yourself of other techniques, Steve. Mm. And they can contact you again through centeroflovesandenlightenment.net. Amiria, once again, thank you so much for chatting about this subject. Thank you so much, Steve, for inviting me today.